What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I have a bunch of pop vinyl figures like behind me. Some of them I got out of just like loot crates and they just also happen to be characters that I liked, so it was, it was a good deal. Yeah. But it's I don't I don't buy them in bulk. There's just particular characters from pop culture where I'm like, yes, that is a character that I really like or I would really want to have a representation of him <laughs> on on a shelf. But you really have I feel like you have to be selective. Um, I mean, you you really do. I mean, I went, uh, I was at the Spirit Halloween store, and I said, you know what? I don't have Freddy, Jason, and Chucky figurines. <laughs> let me do. Let me take care of that. Yeah, I don't know. I I haven't gotten to the point where I'm like stopping at every Walgreens I see because in case they have the exclusive <laughs> one that I need. But you Wal- know, it's, Walgreens, Walgreens, yeah, I, official sponsor of Pop. <laughs> Hello, everybody. This is Travis. This is Brandon. Welcome to Apathetic Enthusiasm, episode 89. 89. Yeah, we're back. We're here for yet another discussion of pop culture and media. And once again, we have an article to discuss that yes. is directly focused on television media. It's, it's right in our wheelhouse. Yeah, what is right. a wheelhouse? Do we have a wheelhouse? Uh, You're in it, a garage. Is that is that considered a wheelhouse? <laughs> yeah, surprisingly enough, uh, I you can't see to to the right of me, but I moved the ice chest with the the cardboard box and junk on top of it a little to the <laughs> right, and it makes it look so much more spacious. That's that's fantastic. I mean, is it still is it still blistering hot in there though? <laughs> uh, it's not blistering hot. But it is it is sweltering hot. Oh, okay, sweltering. Uh, <laughs> in other news, it got down below freezing for the first time here in Nebraska. Congrats! And my my children are terrified. So, oh my god, uh, Chelsea and I were just talking because we went to the the pumpkin patch out here in Hawaii. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Where and, they uh, sell shave ice and <laughs> yes, and it, and it's ninety degrees, exactly. uh, just blistering heat in in the sun. Uh, the last time we went to one was in Colorado in like 2011, and 
Uh, we went with our kid, and it was, you know, it's October, and it's it was like so cold out there in Colorado, but it still looked like the desert, right? So we look at the pictures <laughs> now, and like we're all like bundled up in like jackets, but we're like, oh god, that must be super hot. <laughs> Yeah, like there's no there's no visible evidence of cold weather at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we we've been going to a pumpkin patch out here that I can only describe as like the Disneyland of pumpkin patches. <laughs> uh, never in my life have I bought a season pass for a pumpkin patch. Wow, I I dropped a significant amount of my uh, annual income for this. It's only open for a month, and now I have to go like every week just to justify uh, what we spent. But to be fair, I've gone three times, and every time we've we've spent like hours there and done stuff that we didn't do the previous times. Wow! So it is it is huge. If you're in Nebraska, check out Valid's Pumpkin Patch. Not a sponsor, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're we're ha- we're having fun out here. It's there's we haven't been to the beach lately, but uh, uh, we're having fun anyway. They've so got lots of shoreline out there though. I, I can't I can't confirm that. <laughs> Lots of corn lines out here. I don't, no, I, I uh, think like like Oklahoma's. They're like, yeah, we've got the largest shoreline of any state. Like, yeah, because really? they add up all the lakes and ponds <laughs> and potholes everywhere and count the shoreline. Uh, well, anyway, anyway, we've we've gotten a little off course, but this is apathetic enthusiasm. Thank you for joining us. Yes, sir. Uh, every week. Uh, there are plenty of ways that you can get in touch with the show. You can hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash apathetic enthusiasm show. We are on Twitter at apathusiast over at Instagram, apathetic underscore enthusiasm and everything. This podcast and much more is over at apathetic enthusiasm.com. A few additional notes before we get into our topic this week. Uh, there's another podcast Brandon does on the reg that's that's what the kids are saying these days, right? <laughs> uh, the kids are saying it at some point in the past. I think they're years. saying lit AF or something now. I don't know. I can't keep up with the hashtags. Uh, woke, uh, but woke. Yeah. <laughs> woke. You got to get woke on these podcasts. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so submit it for your approval. Twilight Zone podcast uh, is, is making the move over to apatheticenthusiasm.com. You'll now be able to find all of season one along with season two that is premiering this week. Uh, yeah. Over on apatheticenthusiasm.com, uh, and along with that, we are we are making some modern or uh, mo- mild changes. Mild to, to yeah, it's very very mild changes. Not to medium. This this podcast, right? So uh, if and, you are okay, a loyal, okay, can I say this real fast? Chelsea always gets confused about the 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 gradient temperatures of like salsa. She's like, oh, I bought you mild because you know that's 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 closest to hot, right? Like no, medium. No. It goes mild, yeah. medium, hot. Medium means middle. It means the <laughs> it's middle. It's in the middle. It's the medium. And it's she's like, oh uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought maybe that was the hottest one. Like what? No, now you you flip the. Sw- Anyways, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So we're just having a medium a hot a hot change <laughs> to the podcast here. Uh, Basically, if you're a loyal subscriber, we appreciate it. You are our favorite people on the planet, and we owe you everything. Um, but you'll also not see any significant change. Uh, you should still receive all of our episodes every week, every Tuesday, uh, assuming Brandon does the math right. Uh, we, are, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but we are we are making some some adjustments to the podcast feed, and what that does mean is if you head over to iTunes or maybe any other podcatcher that you use to to listen to the show, 
the show may look like a brand new show. You may not be able to get to the older episodes through that feed, and you'll have to go over to our website to access any of the older content. Uh, along with that, uh, I would like to ask a favor to all of our loyal listeners, and that is if you've already left a five-star review, thank you. If you haven't done one, this is this is your time to shine. But uh, when episode <laughs> 90 like com- a diamond. <laughs> When episode 90 comes out, if you could head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review, uh, that'll help kickstart that, that new release of Apathetic Enthusiasm, the podcast, and uh, and kind of help us just kind of get everything moving. So uh, whether you've already done a review or you, you haven't, uh, episode 90 would be a great time to get out there and get our reviews back up. We appreciate it. Uh, enough housekeep- housekeeping. Let's let's get into the actual episode. Let's do it. Uh, this this was Brandon's week to come up with a topic. Uh, what did, what did you find for us, Brandon? All right. So so this week, super busy at work. Uh, you you hit me up and you're like, hey, it's it's Thursday afternoon for you Thursday evening, and I still have nothing. And I said, was, shut. I said, shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. I've been busy. So, so super- I plugged in my phone and I went to bed. <laughs> it's probably late. And and I and I woke him up with a message and I said, "Hey, here's an article for you to to check out." And what I did was I was like, "Oh crap! I hadn't actually thought of a, an article for you." I, I typed it up, went to all my my normal websites, and I found this one, which I thought was really interesting and is kind of apropos to uh, what we've what we we've talked to just uh, conversation wise between you and me on Messenger. And the article is called "Film Crit Hulk Smash." Luke Cage, Netflix, and the Death of Episodic TV by Film Crit Hulk. <laughs> okay, so before we go any further, I just <laughs> I just want to I just want to set the scene for you. Uh, the link for this article will be uh, in the show description and, and things like that, and we'll tweet it out throughout the week. But uh, Birth Movies Death has I, this is a recurring uh, writer for yes. for the uh, for the website. Yes. Uh, Film Crit Hulk who is essentially the Incredible Hulk writing film reviews or, or commentary on film and pop culture. Yeah, film critique. Uh, yeah. And as you would assume the Hulk would talk, uh, he's shouting the entire time, and so the article <laughs> is in all caps. The, uh, the which entire is, time. It makes a little – it's a little weird, the dichotomy there or whatever, because it's like all caps and you're supposed to be a guy that's shouting but then it's like very serious uh, like and the vocabulary is very like robust and making very poignant arguments yeah it's 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 very interesting um but anyway so yeah uh, i'm I'm, the death of episodic tv i'm glad you brought i'm glad you brought that up because i I just only want to talk briefly about it i'm like you know hulk is supposed to be speaking with just really bad grammar <laughs> but he's, he, he's supposed to be like all muscle and very little like yeah thought you know in that form and, and, and you and get a lot more bruce banner in this conversation I yeah it's that. it's like bruce banner who's he's just super pissed off and he's just yelling the entire time no punctuation no nothing <laughs> and might i add a few spelling errors uh you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to harp on these things <laughs> but i noticed them too i mean i um, i copied and pasted it two word and then shrunk it using Shift F three, and then, <laughs> and then I was like, "Hey, wait a minute, that word is spelled wrong." Thanks, thanks Microsoft for pointing those things out. Thank, thanks, thanks uh, Film Crit Microsoft Hulk. So let's 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 
get into it here a little bit. Uh, What, what is episodic TV? What is, what is the main thing that he's talking about here? Um, I mean, essentially it's the way that we traditionally think of television. TV is not a movie necessarily. It is, it is a series of episodes. So you get um, little bits of the story every week or every day, depending on the, the type of show and its release schedule. Um, but yeah, each one of those episodes traditionally is uh, a, a chunk of the story in and of itself and usually has its own beginning, middle, and end, uh, traditionally speaking. Yes. Yeah. So so he makes the distinction between what we, what we consider of maybe like the CSI or Columbo or Friends. Well, maybe not Friends, but, you know, um, some of the older shows that like there would be an episode of the show and it would it wouldn't actually push the characters forward in any way, shape, or form. Nothing would really change. You can almost think of The Simpsons as, as episodic TV, the traditional way, in the sense that, yeah, you know what, the next episode, they're going to forget everything that happened in the previous one, right? Like, oh, we went to Australia? I don't remember that, right? Well, yeah, I think I've, sitcoms are a really good example of that. Uh, you know, you tie up all the loose ends and solve all of the problems in 28 minutes or something like that. Right. It's, right. uh, the, the characters just continue on. There's no greater story arc per se in, in, in sitcoms, but then there are also, uh, really good examples of television shows that tell a bigger story and, and show development of characters over a period of time, but still stick to this episodic nature of television where, um, it's not just like a drawn out movie in 13 parts or 22 parts, but each episode really digs into those characters a little bit deeper, deals with a significant event, or does something to uh, move the story along and mm-hmm. still hold its own within you know the be- the beginning and end credits of the episode. Right, right, and and, and what what uh, cr- film crit Hulk, <laughs> what Hulk uses as an example? I, I don't know if I'll actually let's be able just to... call him, let's just call him the FC Hulk. Okay, FC let's Hulk. I don't. I don't know if I'll be able to get over it calling him Hulk uh, with any seriousness <laughs> with this. But anyway, uh, so he refers to like Breaking Bad as as one of the primary examples. Uh, Breaking Bad, The Wire, primary examples of how episodic television should be right in in the sense that uh, Hank and um, Jesse and of course everybody else on that show, right? I, I, I was thinking of Hank Hill for some reason. Yeah, no. That's... I mean, Hank is in the show. There's a character named named Hank. Uh, but anyways, whatever. Anyways, how those characters they, you know, in the course of a single episode, they'll they'll be doing something as as maybe mindless as wiping a hard drive, right? And in a lesser skilled writer's show, like that would be like five minute a five minute scene wiping this hard drive. But in Breaking right, yeah, Bad. I... You, you make no. you make an entire episode out of it. Yeah, and I think that's something that he's really pushing in this first part of the article is that uh, good episodic television, there's craft there. It, there's an art to it. It takes skill. Um, it's And traditionally, before the age of the internet and Netflix and things like that, uh, there were people that worked very hard to craft these perfect episodes that fit within a certain period of time, mm-hmm. um, but also held the user's attention um, across not just commercial breaks, but from week to week. You, you, you didn't have 
the benefit of being able to release 12 episodes all at once and have someone just binge watch through the whole thing without commercials, without distractions. But TV writers really had to deal with that landscape of telling a an interesting story in, a, in such a way that it kept bringing people back. There, there are times now where, where a show can... Um, can can kind of stretch that out because they're they're not dealing with commercials or or, or um, even the time between episodes, yeah. and so they can kind of stew on those things a little bit more. And I th- and we'll definitely get into that as we as we continue the, the discussion. But uh, if if you have a, a show in the '90s or even the early 2000s that the first two episodes aren't very good, yeah, that show will probably not make it to the end of the season or 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 get picked up for a second season uh and 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 now with with shows coming out a full season on on one day uh you don't know how fans will respond (laughs) until it's all out there hey hey, here's here's a show if you like it we already produced all of it so (laughs) have have at it let us know what you think watch or don't we'll we'll decide (laughs) on season two based on the number of downloads right and that and that's really the the second part of his article. He he breaks down into four parts, and the second part is the the Netflix right, the all at once, so to speak. Um, and he makes a little bit of a comparison between the the good and bad Netflix shows. And, and I say good and bad with with quotations, right? Um, Kimmy Kimmy Schmidt is one of the good ones. Bojack Horseman, Unbreakable. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Bojack Horseman, which is. It's so good, so depressing, and so good. <laughs> um, <laughs> God, it, it is really good. Um, and then, uh, then it goes into the the Marvel shows, which I think are um, are really his focus for the rest of the article. Yeah, it's interesting because he refers to some of the shows you mentioned as the good examples of Netflix shows, the, the shows that work. Um, and then he refers to, I'll, I'll call them the Defenders Collection, but really the, yeah. the Marvel directed to Netflix series. Uh, and he includes Stranger Things as shows that aren't necessarily great um, and, and that re- really rely on the benefit of having a full season release and people that will set aside a weekend just to binge watch the whole season yeah. to really play out the narrative. Right. And so. Um, and, and I'll and I'll disagree with him just right off the bat with about Stranger Things because I think Stranger Things can be distinguished between the Defenders Collection as far as as, as a series that you know I I started at the beginning and I watched to the end and I didn't feel at any point in time like there was wheel spinning. Yeah, it's I would agree with you. There, there is the benefit. Uh, with Stranger Things, where almost every episode it it closes, and I'm like, uh, let's do another one. Let's 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 watch the next episode because you want you're hungry for that that next bit of the story or that next thing that's coming. Uh, and that's sort of how shows like Lost and and a lot of the shows back that we used to watch week to week basis they 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 kept us coming back. You'd get that one little hint at the end, and then you you spent the week talking about it. Okay. Um, and, and, and you get that, I think, with Stranger Things. Uh, not so much with some of the Daredevil and Jessica Jones and, and most specifically Luke Cage, which uh, just came out this month on Netflix. Um, he He's not 
all in on these shows. Yeah. Um, what, what, what is it? Um, we've talked about all of them uh, aside from Luke Cage, which I guess this is counting as our Luke Cage discussion. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've talked about them all on the podcast in the past. I yeah. mean, how looking back, what is your general consensus of those, those shows? Uh, he bring he brings up certain points in the article that I that I agree with, and that I think we've discussed on uh, previous episodes about those shows. In the sense that you know, he says at one point in time, it's not the model, it's the quality of storytelling, right? Uh, and so there's the, the this model fallacy that like, and and I think I've said it about Jessica Jones specifically. He says uh, they have to fill thirteen episodes. They should have only done eight. Right. I, I'm yeah, yeah. pretty sure I said that about Jessica Jones, right? <laughs> if someone wants to go back and check check the episode, uh, <laughs> yeah. you get a prize or something. I don't know. Yeah, and and so he's he's saying like, no, it's not the fact that there's there's 13 episodes and there should have only been eight. It's that the writers needed to expand those conflicts in the show to properly fit those 13 episodes, right? Not just exactly. yeah. not just like. Ah, uh, yeah, we're, we're we're stopping at episode eight. They need to have meaningful characterization and plot and narrative coherency, which which comes later in these these shows for the full thirteen. Uh, it's it's interesting. He talks about in the article that these shows, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, I'd say, goes even further than Daredevil in this, but they really try to uh, shed some of that comic bookiness and and yeah. really present themselves as an adult uh dramatic series yeah and and in that in doing that they lose a little bit of what they they might already benefit from in in being a show based on a comic book and it's those you know you read a comic book one issue at a time unless mm-hmm. you're a trade paperback collector but <laughs> you <laughs> and, and a lot of the stories Sure, they may go on for a series of issues, but typically you have those chunks of story where you are dealing with a specific event or a specific crisis yeah. over the course of one issue. And you can really drum up the dramatics for that one event in an episode and then move on to the next and the next episode after episode. And and, and then you have that benefit of each episode kind of standing up on their own. Mm-hmm without the whole thing feeling flat, like you're sitting through, you know, just treading water, so to speak. Yeah. You, you know, there's a, this thought that I have and it's about how, so comic books, right? You have usually there's a, there's an arc. So maybe like issues one through four is about old man Logan coming in back into right. the past and, mm-hmm. and finding his place. Right. And then at the end of issue four, you know, that's the start of a new arc. Sure. Right, right. Mm-hmm. What I think that the Netflix shows, specifically for the Defenders Collection, have done, they almost feel like that's what they're doing, without publicizing it that way. I used a, uh, Daredevil season two as a good example of the first four or five episodes are about Daredevil versus Punisher, and right. then yeah, yeah. then then the middle sections are like Daredevil and Elektra, and then the the last couple are daredevil electra and a little bit of punisher on the side and and what i think that does is kind of it, it kills momentum and it doesn't allow us to have a, a self-contained story within the 
the the episodic nature of the season if that makes sense i'm not no yeah and and i think if if we just want to be honest and then get right into some of the luke cage discussion here but you've you've watched all of what one episode of luke cage yeah that's yeah <laughs> We can talk about why that is later, but yeah, I've I've gotten into I've gotten through eight episodes, I believe. I'm I'm typically the Marvel shows are shows that I will uh, power through. Uh, I think it's because I have a lot of television that I'm trying to watch right now, <laughs> and so we kind of are, are spread thin. Um, yeah. But it, we had a discussion over Facebook Messenger, our primary f- form of talking to each other when we're not <laughs> recording our voices. That's right, uh, and. I was like, yeah, watching that Luke Cage, and you're like, ah, yeah, I'm not, you know, I haven't really gotten into it. And I was like, it's a slow burn, you know, it's fine. It's they're they're ramping things up, and I think I was like on episode four or five, and I'm like, yeah, this episode's pretty good, but I shouldn't have to sit through three episodes without much going on to feel like there's progress. There's progress, right? You know, yeah. I should. I should watch the end of the first episode and be like, okay, this is a show I'm excited about and I'm eager to continue watching episode after episode. There are definitely times in Luke Cage where I feel like the story is slowly being rolled out and certain episodes you could almost do without or push together or, you know, kind of compact the series to kind of get more bang for your buck. I I think there's a difference between slow paced and slow deliberately pl- paced right sure yeah like there there's he talks about it with with the wire right the wire is is slow but every scene in it has a point a larger point to it there's there's no there's no wasted space right it's why chinatown is known as one of the best screen uh um screenplays ever because there's there's not a scene that is in there that is a waste of character or space and you know part of the the thing that i feel is an issue with the 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 marvel netflixes is they they're like they just want to be slow they want to try to be adult and and mimic that whole that whole pace and cadence of uh some of these greater shows breaking bad and, and the wire but they they miss the point they miss they missed how to do it deliberately instead of just doing it slowly. I, I will agree with you. I also feel that there are sometimes specifically with Luke Cage, uh, there's an issue where the conflict doesn't feel genuine or like huh. it's, it's handled in, uh, in a smart way. Realistically. I mean, yeah. Luke, Luke Cage for me has a little bit of the same issue that I have with Superman. Yeah. And that is that he's pretty much, indestructible (laughs) that you know so so the risk to luke cage is minimized and i feel uh less interested in his well-being because i feel like nothing's gonna nothing bad is gonna happen to him Mm -hmm. now mind you the way that they work that out is the people around him and the people that he's responsible for protecting those are the people that you you care about and, and are looking out for their safety but when you build to him facing head on with the person that is the villain of the episode and they just have a short conversation and kind of stare each other down and then walk away. (laughs) 
it's 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 this break in the tension that's like okay why didn't you just like punch him and end it or something right like he has no problem walking into a building full of people and knocking everybody out he doesn't kill them but he you know he he knocks all these people out but then the the main baddie of the show and again i'm only eight episodes in but like why not you know kind of show him what you got luke like it's i don't know it it just uh it feels like it builds to that crescendo and then they just kind of stop and, and, and they, they go and they reset. Yeah. They, they make up a, 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 just a very, very light excuse why they don't reach that confrontation. It exactly. was, it was a problem I had with Jessica Jones with, there are so many opportunities for Jessica to, to kill the purple man. Right. Or like, mm-hmm. or take him out. There's so many opportunities. And there was this, this false fabricated reason why she never could. And it, it just, it didn't feel genuine. And that, you know, that was part of the, the wheel spinning and making it to where it, it was 13 episodes and not eight. Like it should have been. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, do, do you want to talk about the, uh, the raise your words section of this, this article? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, just, um, uh, just very lightly. I, he Hulk gets into this this fourth part of his his article, and it kind of gets away from the, I think the central theme of what the article is about, which was the death of episodic television. Uh, but I mean, he brings up he brings up some interesting points, uh, which is basically Luke Cage. He ends up being a a black man in a hoodie who's impervious to bullets, and Hulk is Hulk makes a suggestion like you could have done so much more with this metaphor than you than you did instead of you know talking about the police and and social injustice and institutional racism and and all all these uh functions of you know black lives matter movement instead they say no we're not going to do any of that we're just going to have where this one bullet can hurt them <laughs> these these certain yeah, types right, of bullets yeah. can, can hurt them right <laughs> so they they the raising your words portion is talking about like, Hey, you have this, this opportunity to talk about social issues and really advance the the metaphor of this medium. Yeah, and and, and maybe bring the discussion and, and, and the things that, that people are really concerned about right now to a broader audience that maybe isn't right. as uh, aware of things or, I mean, it's hard not to be aware of uh, what's going on, but some people kind of, hide in their shell and don't really deal with those things. So which, um, which, which side note, uh, I know there are people out there on Twitter who are, are calling Luke Cage racist. So, you know, whatever those, those, <laughs> those <laughs> anyway. out there. Um, but it's, it's true. And I think, you know, it's not a responsibility or an obligation for people that write television to address all social issues. Um, they, I feel people are free to, say what they want with their art for, for better or worse. But if you are going to make a show like this and they are trying to address some of those concerns within the show, they just may not be doing it in the most effective way. Right. Right. Anyway. And, and, and obviously as, as two white men, we don't, I don't, I would, I would say that we don't fully understand the, um, all the aspects of it. Right. So sure. Absolutely. um, and so even the Hulk, even the Hulk says 
that, hey, if, if he's wrong, let him know. Because the thing is, like, you know, we want to learn and we want to expand on who we are and, and how we understand the world. And so if, if we're off base, then by all means, let us know. Sure thing. Uh, okay, so you got you got some questions here. I, w- I want to kind of get through some of them. Sure. Uh, overall, your thoughts on this article, uh, what, <laughs> yeah. what, what did you think? Uh, all caps. All that, caps. That, that's my that's my response too. Uh, <laughs> really, really terrific words and, and really good points. Things that I've thought about but haven't really seen expressed in written form. So it was it was a good read. Uh, but the all caps, man, Hulk, just you know, lay <laughs> off that shift key, brother. <laughs> no, if, if he uh, typed it all out, it w- w- like with his finger on the shift key, like that's that's way more dedication because this is no. Not I a just short picture article. Hulk with like giant hands, <laughs> but he's not super computer literate, so yeah. he, he doesn't even realize the caps lock is there. Yeah. He's just got that pinky on the shift key, he's like, <laughs> and he's like finger picking each just, each each and every key. Yeah, just I going took after him like. It. Took him like two weeks to write the article, but he really wants to get these thoughts out on paper. I Hulk ne- Hulk needs article by deadline. <laughs> Hulk has deadline. Must smash it. Uh, anyway. Midnight. Uh, uh, do, do you, so you and I we talk about loss all the time, right? Uh, do you yeah, absolutely? Do you have any other good examples of good storytelling, good episodic storytelling? Uh, you know, I'm gonna cheat because it's a new show. And oh. I've only really seen one of the episodes, oh. but um, I'm really digging Westworld right now. Nice. Uh, God, I, I love it's, you. I, I know you do, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's, I have a feeling and, and I, and it's not every HBO show is like this, but HBO is consistently producing television at that higher level where they are, they are not afraid to take on bigger stories, uh, bigger and more complex narratives. Yeah. But they aren't in the Netflix model where they're going to give you the entire series on one day. And and when I, I watched Westworld, the first episode, and I was like, I can't watch the second episode until my wife has watched the first episode because I know I'm going to get hooked on this show and I can't d- redo the whole season. <laughs> so um, so I, g- I got her to watch the first episode, and she's like, okay, like, are we just going to binge watch this whole thing? And I'm like, there's only one other episode. There's that's, only That's not how that works. <laughs> there's, o- there's only two episodes out right now. And she was, like, dumbfounded. She's like, oh, this isn't Netflix? This, this isn't a show that I can just get through everything? And... Westworld is a show where they're going to have to rely on good storytelling yes. and and a captivating uh, and interesting plot to keep us coming back and keep us interested. Uh, the acting is good. The writing is good. Uh, it's I I don't know. I'm 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 in on Westworld. It's solid. You you know you know my feelings on Westworld already. Yeah. Just, uh, ever since if, if if you can go back and and find the episode where we talk about the original Westworld on the podcast. <laughs> You too win a prize. I, I still don't know what the prize is, but you win it. Do, do you do you realize, Travis, that you are prob- you are among the elite few that have seen the original and know what the original is about? That you can say, yeah, uh, I watched it like the hipster Westworld <laughs> fan. 
Like, yeah, I already get enough flack at work for being a hipster, <laughs> so we don't we don't need to add fuel. Uh, Ke- Kevin Reese, he he's one of my buddies from Colorado. He calls me a hipster, although he went to a hipster bar all the time. They had the mustaches with like the wax. Like, come on, you're Kevin. wearing you're wearing a Hall and Oates t shirt <laughs> as we record this. Hall and Oates is not hipster; it's old man. <laughs> Soul. There's a, gi- there's a giant white mustache man's soul. on your- There's a giant mustache on you. It's old white yeah, man's soul, I'm not, Travis. I'm not gonna say anymore. Uh, so yeah, do you have? Did you have a different show in mind as far as good episodic storytelling? Uh, I I did, and then you then you threw me off. I, oh, I stole it. <laughs> With, oh. Call me a hipster. Look, it's a mustache. Doesn't mean it's a hipster. Um, no. So I'll, I'll throw out the, the Exorcist that just came out on Fox, right? I, I'm a huge Exorcist fan of the original uh, films. Exorcist 2 sucks. Exorcist 3 is not actually half that bad uh, with George C. Scott. But it kind of surprised me because I didn't know it was a new series on, on Fox. So I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot, just like I give Minority Report a shot. And the pilot was so good. It was Westworld and The Exorcist I watched in the same night. And I was like, holy crap, two great pilots. And then I watched the second episode, just as good. So episodic-wise, The Exorcist is a really, really good show. Um, so I, I, I recommend that as, as far as like the characters learning something different in each episode and growing from them. Um, Very cool. I, I do have some examples of bad shows. I just dropped a battery. I don't know why I specifically... <laughs> Unre- unrelated. 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 Uh, but... So we talk about Lost all the time. I bring up Lost again. But right after Lost came out uh, and finished, they're like, oh, my God. This was so great. Let's go ahead and copy some of the aspects of Lost, right? Right. Uh, just, as, just as some of these Netflix shows are stealing from The Wire with the, the pacing. Sure. Are the, that show was, what, what was it? Was it called Flash Forward? Flash Forward was a show. I think like yeah. right after Lost ended. Yeah, that's that's the one where like everybody on Earth blanked out for like it was like was it twenty minutes or something or yeah. five minutes and they all saw their consciousness like a year or something in the future or something like that and then everybody that didn't see anything uh, it was believed that those people would die mm-hmm. before that point so they wouldn't that's why they didn't see anything. And then there's some other people that saw weird stuff. But uh, that show tried to capitalize on the mystery aspect of Lost. Right. And and the fact that with Lost, there was always something that that you didn't know that you were trying to find out. And so that kind of helped drive some of the episodes week to week. But what what they missed out on is what Lost was really about, which was the characters and the people in the show. And every week focusing in on those characters and developing their individual stories. Uh, and that just that just didn't translate to to most of the copycat shows after Lost came out. Yeah, yeah. Do, uh, are there any other aspects of like filmmaking or, or television where they try to mimic a certain aspect of something popular or learn the long wrong lessons? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. Uh, one of the bad shows that film critic Hulk points out in his article uh he talks about the walking dead which i know is is a huge 
favorite uh, for a lot of people, and and I still watch The Walking Dead. Yeah, uh, we we ran The Walking Dead fantasy league for a while. Begrudging um, sense of obligation, <laughs> you know exactly. But it's uh, it's not necessarily a great show, and and he there's there's a quote I, I'm gonna paraphrase here, but he basically. Uh, he says that The Walking Dead is written like classic pornography, <laughs> in, in that it's uh, there's a lot of maybe stale dialogue and and not much interesting things happening, uh, and then it gets to the exciting stuff where it's zombies and and, and violence, uh, and so you just have these these moments of high intensity and then just kind of stagnant dialogue or or not really any progression in plot, yeah, uh, and and that's. I can't argue with his point. That's <laughs> that's sort of a thing. Um, it, all right, what else you got? It's true. I, I think I think The Walking Dead is indicative of of all the points that he was trying to make in the sense that all the all the middle scenes where they're just talking and he says, and I agree with the the most interesting thing they end up talking about is trying not to get eaten. <laughs> right? How they're going to live yeah. in this world and not get eaten. Um, and I I've gotten to the point with that show where I feel like. And maybe I'm just cynical or jaded when it comes to The Walking Dead, but anytime I start to really feel for a character, you know they're gonna die. I feel like that's just their way of setting up their death, right? Um, and and I want to care about characters not because they're going to die in a shocking way, but because they're actually interesting people that are worth, yes, worth having having me care about them. So. Nailed it, right on, yeah. perfect. <clears throat> um. Yeah, overall, the, the article, I like the article. Again, I made it to where it was lowercase, uh, just, so, <laughs> just so I didn't feel for, like I was getting For yelled. legibility's sake. <laughs> uh, he brings up super good points. Uh, I recommend going out there and reading it if you if you find the time. And I say find the time because it was really fairly long article. It was lengthy. I had to sit down a couple separate times to, to get through it. Uh, but that's because I have children. and I, <laughs> So... They have needs, but it was nice. It was nice going back to a film slash TV critique type uh, type article th- this week. Actually, we Absolutely. haven't we haven't done one, and we haven't had a chance to really talk about like an actual show directly in some time. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 good to get back to our roots, Brandon, <laughs> on this eighty yeah. ninth episode. Yeah. Uh, Quest love. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I would love to hear what the audience has to say on this topic. If you get a chance to read the article, I would love to hear your thoughts on uh, some of the shows that you think maybe hit the episodic television arc in a better way. I know uh, something we didn't mention in the show was uh, CW television. They're doing a lot oh, with, yeah. uh, with the way that they're writing a lot of their shows. They don't always have the budget for the production value, but they're they're really keying in on the writing for a lot of their stories so um different direction there uh but yeah if you if you have any thoughts on any of the episodes or shows that we talked about in this episode we'd love to hear your thoughts hit us up on all that social media stuff that we talked about at the beginning of the episode uh head over to apatheticenthusiasm.com if you forgot any of those things and uh don't forget next episode episode 90 we're so close to 100 brandon oh so close i'm I'm so excited uh (laughs) but uh yeah this is gonna be the same format that we've been doing for the last month or so, we're just going to do some behind the scenes work on the, on the feed. So if you get a chance, the next episode that comes out, please head over to iTunes, uh, review the show, give us a five star rating. If you can, uh, even if you've already done it, 
go and make sure that your ratings are there and that you're represented. Uh, and and share the, share the show with somebody that you know. Maybe uh, somebody's looking for new podcasts to listen to, or they're just interested in film and media. Uh, we'd love for you to share the show and and get it out there. So that's that's my plug plug for the week. Plug it up. <laughs> plug it up. Plug plug uh, <laughs> plug it up. Plug it plug up. it in. Plug it uh, in. Plug it in. Uh, yeah, thank you everybody for for having a listen, having a go at listening, and uh, let us know what you think and all those things that Travis mentioned before. Yeah, and while you're over at apatheticenthusiasm dot com, check out Twilight Zone podcasts. Submit for your approval. It's uh, hosted by Brandon, and I'm barely ever on there. So, <laughs> uh, you you can check that out if if you want. If you are a fan of the Twilight Zone, and yes, Travis is on there barely. He's on it. I've, for, like I've only listened to like half of season one because I haven't gotten myself to binge watch through all the rest of season one of Twilight Zone. Cause I refuse to listen to episodes until I've seen the episode, like the actual Twilight Zone episode, even the recap episode. No, I oh, listened no. to that. One. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's right. You listened yeah. to it. You gave me feedback and you're like, Hey, it was long and boring. Yeah. <laughs> Snooze. <laughs> Hurry it up. Loser. You could really use a bald co-host on this episode. <laughs> uh, Yeah. Well, good news, everybody. Travis will be on season two of Submitted for Your Approval uh, to, <laughs> to speak about an episode that I haven't really decided upon yet. Okay. Just make sure I have 28 minutes to watch it before we try to record. <laughs> Deal. But until, All right, guys. until next week, I'm Brandon. I, and I'm Travis. Yes, you okay. are. Okay. Goodbye. Okay, bye. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.